Plenty of double-digit favorites in the Pac-12 as we go into week three of league play. So who might need to be on upset alert? Anybody? Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I am your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with all things related to the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Thanks to everybody out there who has done so already. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. And putting down 5 to get back 10 is kind of the sort of value I feel we get when we bring Richie Bradshaw on the show, the host of Locked On Sun Devils at Richie Brads with a Z36 on Twitter. We'll be getting to your Sun Devils and their showdown with Washington this weekend in Tempe, Richie. But I uh, really enjoy this time of year. We have to we have to milk it a little because it's going very fast this yeah, college football season. It really we're over a month into it, and you look, you're like, whoa, we're over a sense. month into it. It's it's an exciting time in that sense. But I do like the the Pac-12 matchups on a weekly basis. I feel like we're getting more and more clarity with each week. I would agree. Like everything is starting to really unfold. You know, USC has played some close games. Uh, Oregon State took them down to the wire. ASU gave them a little more trouble than I think anybody mm-hmm. would have predicted. Myself but, included. Yeah, 100%. But USC is still definitely the, the clear favorite in the com- in the conference. Uh, Washington took some lumps against UCLA. UCLA proved they're not messing around. Utah is still up there. Oregon is still up there. And the, the rest of the Pac-12 is just doing classic Pac-12 stuff beating each other up and taking each other out of the national spotlight. It happens every single year. We don't have a playoff team because our conference just, it, it's constantly like, oh, you think Oregon's the number three team in the nation? Well, here come the unranked, let's let's pick a team. Stanford or, Cardinal. Stanford There's Cardinal, Arizona there you go. State. Pick, yeah, pick, pick whoever oh. you want. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just thinking back to 2019 to your point about teams not not getting into the playoff i think it's more of a function of teams just haven't been good enough to get there but as it stands right now utah and usc could still get there if oregon were to win out they could get there if washington were to win out they could get there that's a lot of ifs though if ucla were to win out they could probably get there because they've got a big game with utah this week that we'll be talking about extensively on 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 tomorrow's show but we're getting to uh we're getting to Trap Thursday here, and there, there are a number of games that are primed to be quote-unquote trap games this week. Games that, in theory, one team is much better than the other, but you just got to take them a little more seriously than than you might think, at least on paper. And I'm starting with the Arizona Wildcats here, who are at home. They're 13-point underdogs against the Ducks of, of Mighty Oregon, and I, I tell you what, Richie, here's a stat for you. Actually, I'll ask you this question first. You probably won't know the answer, but when was the last time the Oregon football program won a game in the state of Arizona? 
I feel like it, if it's been a while, it then has. it would have been the very controversial toe drag in the back of the end zone against Arizona State. I was at that game and I was furious. He you are you are correct, out. sir. There was a he little was bit green grass, but we won't. Uh, <laughs> Get out of here! I'm I'm leaving the show. It was nice seeing you, Spencer. I'm done. I figured you might jump ship at that point, but Oregon for some reason struggles in the desert. They lost to Arizona in 2018. They were a favorite. They lost to Arizona State in 2019. They were just over a two touchdown favorite. They lost playing at the University of Phoenix Stadium at I think that's where they played the Fiesta Bowl. Right. And and that was in the, the 2020 season when they played in the Fiesta Bowl against Iowa State. Bottom line, Oregon goes to Arizona, the state, and bad things tend to happen. Now, Oregon is the much better team than Arizona. The Wildcats are going like this. They are on the upswing, but they still have a ways to go. You allow 49 points to Cal. You still have a ways to go there. The Arizona defense has further to go than the offense because they've got some real weapons and they should be able to exploit the the biggest weakness of Oregon's uh, team, really. And that's the quick-hitting passing game like Washington State had success with up in Pullman. But that's a game where I, I do expect Oregon to win. I'm not going the outright upset there, but, man, it's, it's tempting to put Arizona in the Pac-12 prime picks this week because there's something about that history there for whatever reason, it just doesn't always click for the Ducks in or in the state of Arizona. Dude, I mean, some things it's just like it feels like it shouldn't be like that, but it ends up being like, like I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious when it comes <laughs> to stuff like that. And like it, it just doesn't feel like some of these things are by accident. It's funny that you bring up Wazoo being able to do, you know, the quick strikes against Oregon and working really well because. Who's U of A's quarterback? It's Jaden Delora, who was just with Wazoo. And he's been doing a pretty darn good job this year. I, yep. If he's not in first place, he's got to be like right behind Caleb Williams for most touchdown passes in the Pac-12. He's got 14 this year. I mean, the dude is just incredibly efficient, airs the ball out. They got good production on the ground, but I'm I'm with you. I think that Oregon needs to go into this game thinking that they're playing Utah, thinking that they're playing USC because U of A is playing with an edge. They're playing in Tucson. They're quietly three and two. So they pass their Vegas odds. They're feeling incredibly good about themselves. They're feeling themselves right now. You cannot take these U of A Wildcats for granted. As much as it hurts me to say that, that's, that is a really, really rock solid team down South right now. Oregon can't take them for granted or else they could wind up with, a, a pretty major upset across the nation. Yeah, they can't take them for granted or they might end up between a rock and a hard place. I had to do it. I'm so sorry. I'm I just, I think so, of Morty when I hear that. I'm so sorry. It was just hanging there. It was a low hanging fruit and I'm really short. So I have a tendency to grab it. <laughs> um, I'm with you though. The Arizona offense, they, they can score. They can move the ball. And yeah, they, they allowed almost 50 points to Cal. But they put up 31 points at Cal, and, and that's not nothing. And Oregon has had some moments this year, you know, against Washington State, even the first quarter against Stanford, where they were eventually able to overcome a, a sluggish start or some sloppiness in the early going. But if you do that on the road, Richie, everything is magnified. And I think Oregon's seen that the last couple of weeks, right? Up in Pullman, they, they should have lost the game. 
they scraped it out with a semi-miracle end where they scored 21 points in uh, about three and a half minutes. And then at Stanford or against Stanford at home, they had some sloppiness early with penalties, not executing in the red zone, but it was okay. And they had a big enough talent gap to where they could just get away with it. And they had a 31 to three halftime lead. So I, I think that's a game where Oregon's got to go into it. And, and like you said, have that mindset of we need to play sharp now because a year ago, Arizona hung around with Oregon for longer than they should have. But Jaden Delore wasn't the quarterback then. If Jaden Delore is the quarterback in that game, it might come down to the final possession at Autzen Stadium. And, and he's there and he is playing exactly the way I, I thought he would. Couple bad turnovers here and there where he forces the issue, tries to do too much, but that that's just kind of who he is right now as a player. But he can make some really good throws. He's got great chemistry with with, with his weapons, Singer and Cowing and McMillan. That's a great, I mean a great trio of wide receivers in this conference. The other trap game I've got is one I will tell you about after I remind you that from cringing the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really Hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, buys groceries, or dines at. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's why they probably have a 4.8 star rating on the app store. Download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCK to get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. So, Richie, the other game that has Trap Game written all over it is USC and Washington State. Now, this again, I don't think this is an outright upset. But I think that what you're going to have for both USC and Oregon this week is at the end of the game, yeah, they may be able to pull away. But on paper, they should be able to pull away from the jump or from 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 kickoff rather, right? In the first quarter, they should build a two-touchdown lead and then keep working to, to get it to three or more and, and try to run away with it, get the reserves in there. But I think because Oregon is on the road, it's going to be tough for them. And for USC... The reason I think this game will be tougher, I I think the Trojans win. I I don't think Washington State can go into L.A. If it were in Pullman, I might feel differently. But this Washington State team plays havoc ball on defense, Richie. And USC so far has protected the football very, very well. And I think as the season goes on, you don't protect the ball forever. And they had, I think, one turnover last week. Yeah, they did. But Washington State, time and again, whether it's against Oregon, whether it's against Wisconsin, they are forcing turnovers. And I think you could see one in the first half of this game that helps Washington State hang around for at least longer, much like Arizona State, than you would expect. This USC team has really started to show some warts over the last couple of weeks. They started out the year kicking the snot out of the guys they were supposed to. They crushed Rice. Uh, They they pretty much really handled business against Stanford despite a 41 to 28 score. It really wasn't that close of a game. No, they handled Fresno state, but then they go to Corvallis and they need some magic from Jordan Addison to win that game. And then ASU comes into the Coliseum last week and 
we go in the halftime and I think it was like 21-17, something like that. Like ASU was right on their tail right before ASU does ASU things and they just stall out three straight drives and USC takes care of business, puts the game away. But why is Arizona State playing you that close? Why are you playing Oregon State? Who is, and I'm not, this isn't knocking Oregon State, but if you're supposed to be this much higher than the rest of the competition, why are you struggling? And now you're, you got Wazoo coming into town and Wazoo is a very good football team. And they're and, hungry too. Yes. That is a hungry football team. Yes, they are absolutely out to prove something. They're right behind USC. They're four and one right now. You win that game. I don't know how the standings work. I don't know if they would shoot up ahead of USC because of a tiebreaker or if they're still off of division record because this is USC's fourth game. This is only Wazoo's third game, but I, I, I don't know how it works. But like, I mean, Wazoo is right there to steal this game. You like you said, they're hungry. They got a lot of fun talent. Cameron Ward has been so much fun to watch. The offense is still clicking. The run game is better than what we're used to from Wazoo, I feel like. And that defense has been really, really exciting. I mean, they're just generating pressure like it's nobody's business. They've got 18 sacks on the year. They've got five interceptions. They're they're just they're doing everything right defensively and they attack you on offense. This is this is definitely a team you can't sleep on and I wouldn't feel as nervous about this game if they had kicked the snot out of ASU the way they were supposed to, but they didn't. They let that team hang around. And this is coming from an ASU fan. That that should have been a blowout. That should have been 25 points was the spread, and I said take it comfortably, and ASU covered. So I I don't know. Like, it, like you said, am I taking Wazoo to win? No. If I was doing a college pick them, I would still be taking US, USC. Yeah. But man, that's that's a scary, scary bet to make right now. Yeah. And Washington State is just a pesky team that I, I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 wants to play. Oregon is certainly grateful they got out of Pullman with a win somehow, some way. But everybody else that not just plays the Cougars, but especially up there in, uh, in the Palouse is saying, Let's just get out of here with with a victory. Now, this game is in Los Angeles. It is at the Coliseum. And I I would be more inclined because I think that Washington State defense can can do enough to keep them around. I I think it can do just enough and make a a play here or there, force a turnover or two to help keep the Cougars in it. But the reason I don't like this as an outright upset is what USC struggles to do defensively versus what they do well is the opposite of what Washington State would want to see. What has USC done all year? They forced interceptions. What has Cam Ward had a tendency to do this year? Throw no some interceptions. interceptions, right? And they've been critical sometimes. The game ceiling pick six against Oregon. He threw two interceptions that landed inside the five-yard line, one in the end zone, one at the two against Cal. If you do that against Washington State, or against USC, rather, if you're Washington State, then it turns into a game where USC is covering that spread that's hovering around 13 or 14 or so comfortably. And what USC's defense hasn't done well this year is defend the run. And Washington State does not run the football very well. It's not a full Mike Leach air raid to where they are going to throw it 50 to 60 times and run it you know, 10 to 15 just to keep the defense honest every now and then. But I don't know if those are the exact numbers, but you get the idea I'm going for 
but they haven't been able to run the ball very well against Oregon. They ran the ball, I think for like, like 60 some odd yards and, and they just have not had a consistent ground game there. I wonder how much Cam Ward's legs will, will come in a factor in this game. But to me, the biggest key for Washington state to hang around with the Trojans, Richie is Cam Ward has to protect the football. Yeah. I, I, I think if, if you tell me he has one turnover or fewer, Cougars can hang around. Once you get to multiple interceptions, odds are one of them is either going to be deep in your own territory or it's going to thwart a potential scoring opportunity to take three or seven points off the board. And that can be the difference, not necessarily in the Cougars winning or losing, but the difference in them hanging around to make it interesting. Right. And, you know, people will hear that, Spencer, and they'll be like, well, of course, you're going to win if you don't turn the ball over. But like there are some instances where it's it's more prevalent when you have guys turning the ball over with Cameron Ward, an example. Yeah. Like he's got seven interceptions on the year. He's he's just that guy. Like you're probably not going to get out of a week where he's not turning the ball over. But when he's doing more good than he is bad, then you're going to win football games. But it's like you said. If he's got multiple turnovers, odds are, again, like just totally echoing your point here, it's either in your territory or you just cost yourself points. And that buries you because what does USC do? They drive down the field. There is no distance that is too much for them. They put up points. So this is one of those instances where you just cannot afford to give USC any extra opportunities. you got to go stride for stride with them because the moment you start taking points off the board for you, USC is going to throw them right back up at you and you get buried. So yeah, if Cameron Ward throws one interception, but let, let's say he, let's say he has like this crazy day, right? And he goes four touchdowns, one interception. I would feel a lot better about Wazoo's chances to win that game. than if he threw four to four touchdowns against two interceptions or three interceptions, like, yep. He turns that over once you can overcome it. This is an offense that is capable of doing that. But when you're repeatedly, shooting yourself in the foot. That's when he can't do it. He's, he's going to turn the ball over. He death taxes Cameron Ward interceptions, but you can overcome it. Too many can't. Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. And I think you make a great point because it is a natural instinct, I think, for people to say, well, you know, turnovers or coaches are always talking about it. That's because they're really important. And, you know, you could say that as a key to any particular game. Exactly. When anyone plays Stanford or Colorado this year, or if a team like... Arizona or or like if Oregon turns the ball over twice against Arizona, they can still win the game. Right. Right. I, I, I'm i not going into it saying Bonix has to have one interception or fewer. They're not going to be able, like there are some matchups where you can get away with it you if you have a good it. enough exactly. defense. Yeah. Where, where you where you can't afford it. Not to say the teams want to do that or that they're OK with it. Right. Coaches are always going to talk about turnovers as inflection points. But the difference between one and two perfect example for for Washington State. Oregon against Washington State, Bo Nix threw one interception and Cam Ward threw two. Who won the game? Oregon, Oregon, right? And it was in those in those critical moments. But a lot of quarterbacking, and I don't think that many people really really think about this, but good quarterbacking is often just being good in critical moments. It's not always about your numbers. It's not always about this. It's can you convert on third down? And can you not turn the ball over when your team has a chance to score? And it can come down to one play, one decision, right? Chance Nolan had three interceptions against USC. 
They still had a chance to win that game. No pun intended. They still had an opportunity to win that. I got to chill with the puns. It's just in my nature. Sorry. That's two strikes, man. You got one more. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm calling Zach. <laughs> they had an opportunity to win that game, even though he had three interceptions because the defense was playing well. But guess what? He wasn't able to execute late in the game. And it comes down often to those critical few moments. And if Cam Ward can avoid those inflection point turnovers, I think they can I, I think they can hang around. I that is certainly a candidate for me right now for the Pac-12 prime picks. One last thought on this game for you. One last thought was just the comment you made about like just one or two moments. And it just makes me think of Deadpool. It's one or two moments to be a hero. It's not wake up a hero. It's not brush your teeth a hero. It's that that's all. You just made me think of Deadpool. That's fine. I can't stand <laughs> Deadpool. So we will just, what? yeah. Yeah. It's a longer conversation. We won't get into it right now. We'll, we'll keep it to the football. There's we need too like much a football looming. Comics podcast or something. That's fine. I'll <laughs> I'll I'll defend that take to uh, to my to my gravestone. I can respect let's, it. Let's get to two more games here, uh, Richie, and go to Palo Alto real quick. Chance Nolan may or may not play in this game, and I still think no matter what, I'm going to take Oregon State minus seven until I see otherwise with Stanford. I think I'm just going to keep fading them, and I like Oregon State. I think this is a bounce-back spot. They've had a brutal schedule stretch. Now they are on the road again, but it's not a tough environment, certainly nothing compared to what you just experienced in Salt Lake City, where, by the way, Oregon State, with subpar quarterback play, hung around for a while, and then eventually Utah was able to pull away and, and assert their dominance. But that Stanford team cannot stop the run. They don't stop the pass very well. And let's assume Oregon State has their backup quarterback in the game. Golberson, I, I think, is is his name. Yes. I'm going to double-check that here. But I got you, Golberson. Yeah, yeah, Golberson. So if ben. he's in there, he's he's got some arm talent, made a couple bad decisions last week. One of them was an incredible play by Clark Phillips, who that guy is just a freaking monster, the Utah DB. That, I've, oh. I've never heard of Clark Phillips. He's good. <laughs> Wasn't yeah, he's wreaking absolute heck in Tempe? That's for sure. Man, that guy is a good. That guy is a good football player. Let me he tell you, but more even whenever he wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got the mold for it. But I I still think even with Golberson there, I think Oregon State's going to be able to run the ball at will. I don't trust Stanford's offense. I don't think the receivers are going to get a lot of separation against that Oregon State secondary. They didn't against Oregon last week. I don't see this changing. I, I think no matter who's in a quarterback there, I, I think this is a, a really important bounce back spot for Oregon State. I've been talking this week on the show how, you know, the Beavs and the Huskies, similar spots. Top 20, top 15 road losses, disappointing performances, but the sky is not falling. My level of concern higher for Oregon State than, than it is for Washington, who, who we'll get to here to wrap up the show. But I think Oregon State is going to get back to what they showed the first few weeks against this caliber of opponent in Stanford that has nothing going right. I don't like their running game. I don't like their passing game, their their run defense, pass defense, nothing. Maybe their special teams are okay. I don't really know because it's not enough, and I think Oregon State gets the job done here. I'm putting them on my Pac-12 prime picks no matter who's a, quarter, who's a quarterback. They're minus seven right now. I'll take them. I think they win by 17-20. Yeah, sounds good to me. I just need someone from Pro Football Focus to explain to me what they see in Tanner McKee. Like I, I want to like, I'm there McKee. too. 
they put him in the first round in all their mocks. And I'm like, you guys are insane. Like he's I, fine. I like him it, at best. He's fine. He's but fine. He's very turnover prone. We're, I feel like we're in love with the first like five games that he had last year, right before he went down to Tempe and fell apart. And this year he's got four interceptions. He's been sacked 16 times, which isn't entirely on him, but this is also a guy who doesn't offer you like anything as a runner. So I, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to be a Tanner McKee hater, but I am not a believer in him. No, I mean it, the the hype seems to surpass the production at the college level. And and what PFF probably sees is that Stanford is down as a program and they don't think the coaching there offensively is very good, which I would uh, agree with cuz nothing's going right for the Cardinal. And I mean Davis Mills has had more success in the NFL than I expected at, at this point, but is he lighting right. the world on fire? No. And do I think Mills is a better prospect than McKee? Yeah, they're kind of similar. I, I just I didn't, don't, don't see a lot with with either. But we're in agreement on Oregon healthy. State there. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> there 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 is that. But I want your insight on this Arizona State Washington matchup, Richie, because I got you. as as you pointed out first week with Sean Aguano as the interim head coach. Utah comes in routes him. And that's part of the reason I liked USC last week to cover that 25 point spread. I'm like, they're at home. They're playing an Arizona State team that is defeated, that I don't know what I'm getting from the interim head coach and the staff and whatnot, but that was a pretty solid fight uh, against the Trojans, and that was in the Coliseum. Now they're coming back to Tempe. Is this at all a trap game for Washington? 100%. A trap game? Yes, but I'm not taking ASU to win. But this is absolutely a trap game for Washington. They just came off a game where they were going stride for stride, hit for hit with UCLA. They did it in Pasadena too. And that is far from an easy place to play. But I mean, Michael Penix looked as vulnerable as we have seen him all year. He came into that game with one interception ends up throwing two pretty costly ones. Now he does will them back into the game, right? Michael Penix just does his yeah. thing. And yeah, they, they were down Canada. big, and then he started looking like the guy who we saw through the exactly. first four weeks. The now, now my, now, now, my feeling, Richie, is that's an anomaly from what I've come to expect now because I have a lot of evidence of what he can be, and right. I expect him to look more like that against Arizona State. So what's the key for the Sun Devils to slow down the Huskies quarterback in that passing attack? Real quick, just for what it's worth, I'm looking at his uh, his uh, game log. He literally week one, week three, and week five threw four touchdowns, and then weeks two and four threw two touchdowns. So he's only going to throw two touchdowns against Arizona State this week is what I'm seeing. Here's the key for Arizona State. <laughs> what did they do last week against USC that Caleb Williams didn't do all year? They got an interception. Caleb Williams had not thrown an interception at all. The entire year. They got the first one. They challenged to Marcus Davis all night long. It's the right thing to do. He's very hit or miss. He's not bad, but he's definitely not Jalen Ramsey. But he made him pay. And he got the turnover. Here's another fun fact. Arizona State has had an interception in every single game this year. Five games. Mm. They're one and four. They have had a pick in every single game they have played. This is a team. Now, they have three sacks. There, There is absolutely no pressure that gets generated from this team. But somehow, the, the linebackers play good. Kyle Soley has two interceptions on the year. He's on pace for 150 tackles. You have 
Uh, Tamarcus Davis has two interceptions. Arizona State has finally figured out that Corey Bethley is really good at football and that they should just play him everywhere. He he got a sack last week. He's had passes defended. He's forced to fumble. It's only a matter of time before he gets an interception, and he did that a lot at Hawaii. I have a feeling that Arizona State is just got so much pent-up frustration from this four-game losing streak, and they they had a lot of fight in them. Funny enough, fight on against USC, right? But they had a lot of fight in them. I took the other pun. Strike I one. Ah! <laughs> but they fought USC. It was such a close game, but they did what they always do. They blew some drives, and USC didn't. Against Utah, there were signs of life that was still definitely a butt-kicking, but you're in week three now. These guys are all in on Sean Aguano. I, I talked about this earlier in the week on my podcast, where before this past week, I did not see any guaranteed wins for Arizona State moving forward. I can now see three possible wins, but I will tell you Washington's not one of them. Would I be surprised? Yeah, but I I could also see it because ASU is... It's in Tempe. Yeah, it's in Tempe. And, you know, unfortunately... If this were in Seattle, I'd say, if this were in Seattle I, I'd say no chance. And I'm Absolutely. definitely more confident in Washington in this spot, I, I think, than you are, though. You, you like the Huskies in this game. Definitively, yes. I just yeah, think I, there's big upset potential here. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a bounce back get right game for for Washington and, and the Could thing be. that the thing that you mentioned and he, here's here's why we'll, we'll close the show today with this UCLA forced two interceptions of 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 Michael Penix right and nobody had done that this season the reason they were able to do that is they got pressure on him and he hey, had been hey, kept, he doesn't do that yeah that that's my concern is I think if you keep Michael Penix with a clean pocket. It's going to be what we saw the first four weeks. Slicing and Dyson, explosive plays all over the field, taking downfield shots and hitting them. If you can get pressure there, maybe it would be a, li- a little bit better because I think because he hadn't seen that for a month of games, right? And obviously he's not really getting actually pressured at practice because you don't hit the quarterbacks at practice. Right. I think that's what rattled him a little bit is suddenly the pocket wasn't always as clean as it had been in, in prior weeks. But I think Arizona State struggles to to get pressure like you alluded to because that Washington offensive line is pretty good. UCLA just, I, I think, played a really good game, and they caught UCLA on their best night, one of their best nights, and the Bruins yeah. now have to bring it again. Um, so I I like Washington there, but your, your belief in the potential for an upset there m- makes me think I, I should maybe not have it in my Pac-12 prime picks this week, which we'll uh, get to tomorrow. And by the way, this is the absolute last thing I have to say today because I forgot to note it earlier. Um, Arizona has to find a way to win one game in their next five because currently their next five opponents are all ranked. They have Oregon this week. They're at Washington. Then they get USC at home. Then they're at Utah and then at UCLA. Those are their next five games, and that's a brutal, I mean, brutal stretch for the Wildcats. And if they could find a way to pull an upset in one of those games, I think it'd go a long way for not just the culture they're building, but helping their fans feel a little bit better. Cause a five game losing streak is entirely possible right now. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Then they have, you know, more winnable games as the year goes on. But, um, 
yeah, it's it's it could be a tough stretch for 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 Arizona here, but it's never tough to have on Richie Bradshaw, host of Locked On Sun Devils on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts, to stay up to date with Arizona State every day. Richie, appreciate you coming on as always for our weekly Trap Thursday show. It's my favorite tradition to do every single week. Every single week, U of A is going to suffer. I can't believe this is a seven game losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. Thanks, you'll man. Love, you'll love to see it. <laughs> I appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. And as always, have a wonderful rest of your day.